You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Talking Wrestling. I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us on the Never Sleeps Network. We got a great episode for you today. Uh, one of my favorite indie wrestlers here in Toronto, uh, Psycho Mike, will be on the show, and he'll be here just in a little bit. But before we get that, uh, remember to uh, hit us up on all the social medias, on the Twitter at TNWPod, on Instagram at Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram, uh, on the Gmail, uh, Talking Wrestling at gmail.com, and on the Facebook, Facebook backslash Talking Wrestling. Uh, folks, I got to tell you also, if you're on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, if you give us a five star uh, rating and a favorable review, we will send you a 1980s postcard of a wrestler of that time whether it be the fabulous ones or greg the hammer valentine or kevin von eric or carrie von eric or jesse the body ventura these cards are all available and i will uh, send them out to you um if we get in contact so if you haven't got a postcard yet and you sent a review hit me up on the twitter or on the gmail uh, talking wrestling at gmail.com just say where's my damn postcard and then uh, send me an address that i can get it out to you and we will send that postcard on the way i'm still basking in the glory of all in i gotta tell you i really enjoyed that pay-per-view enjoyed that card i think it was amazing uh the fact that you talk to different people and you ask them what their favorite match was and you constantly hear a different answer just tells you how great that card is and the answer varies from five different matches that i've got you know like i've heard people love the battle royal i've heard people uh loved cody's match i've heard people loved kenny omega versus pentagon that might have been my favorite uh i know people loved the marty squirrel versus okada which was oh so good and uh, people also loved hangman pages match with joey janela which was just insane and the return of joey ryan was he dead oh my god there was so much in that card all packed in a three hour you know sometimes i feel like you don't need to go four or five hours sometimes you go three hours it ended you i wanted more it's too bad they cut off and they didn't get to see the big speech that they gave on but it's all in this uh week's being the elite but what a big deal what an amazing amazing thing and uh chris jericho showing up you know he can he can say um nobody knew who he was but i have to tell you i knew i had a feeling he was going to show up i i I totally had a feeling i told my roommate i felt he was going to show up based on i'd listened to chris jericho's podcast with the young boxing cody Rhodes, and you could just hear the excitement that he wanted to be a part of this and he kind of alluded that he might show up you never know like the thing is is he said he would never wrestle in north america for anybody but vince but 
you know, doing a run-in isn't really wrestling, is it? He didn't really wrestle, and you know, so I don't know. But uh, I'll tell you, when Pen- when those lights came on and uh, Pentagon Jr., who I'd seen wrestle many times this summer because I went to all the Impact tapings here in Toronto. So I saw Pentagon Jr. like at least wrestle four or five matches. I got to know him pretty much. And I can tell you one thing. When I saw Jericho rise as Pentagon Jr., uh, the first thing I looked at were his arms. Jericho has one arm clean and one arm tatted. And immediately I noticed Jericho's arm due to his tattoos. I got to tell you, I was jumping up and down saying, it's Jericho, it's Jericho. And then the way they played it out, you know, the beating he put on Omega, then hit him with the code breaker, and then the demasking. Oh, God damn it, I love professional wrestling. Uh, Just so good, so good. Jericho is the best. And then he flew to a a Fozzie concert and performed for all the people that were at the Fozzie concert. And I know that's, you know, some of you out there in the wrestling world may think that that's an opportunity to make a joke, like for the tens upon tens, but I'm not. You know why? Because I love Chris Jericho. I think he's a fantastic talent. And I like the last album. I like his last two albums. I like his last two Fozzie albums. Maybe even last three albums. I didn't like the first two. But his last, the last album is fantastic. I don't care what you say. I love rock and roll and Judas and Drinking with Jesus and some of the other songs on that album are fantastic. This week, Fozzie uh, announced ticket sales to go on a Cross Canada tour. And they're hitting every major city, Halifax, Fredericton, Moncton, Montreal, London, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. They're hitting all these Canadian cities. You know where else they're hitting? Iron Pryor. Not a big city you've heard of. Iron Pryor is my hometown. And I cannot believe that Chris Jericho is going to play a bar in my hometown that I've sold out doing comedy. And now Jericho is going to play the same venue in my hometown. Like, this is so wicked. Uh, two nights later, he'll be in Toronto playing the Rock Pile out in Etobicoke. And I have tickets to that show. And I bought the VIP experience. And uh, so this is it. I'm getting to meet Chris Jericho. And I'm going to give him a talking wrestling business card. And I'm going to hope that we make a connection. And that he will agree to do this show sometimes. Maybe he'll let me go on his cruise. Not this year, but maybe next year. And maybe he'll let me open up for people. Maybe we'll become best friends. Maybe we'll be best friends. And we'll talk about Van Halen and Motley Crue. And we'll talk heavy metal and Friday 13th movies. Wouldn't that be the best? Oh, my God. I know he likes Martin Short, so he must like Ed Grimley. And that's who I feel like right now. Talking about maybe if Pat Sajak and I could be best friends. Wouldn't that be just wonderful? Oh my God, what if, you know, that's what I feel like when I talk about Chris Jericho. I think we could be best friends. Um, I would just love to sit there and have a conversation with him at some point. That's all. And if I could record it for you people, uh, that would be ideal. But today I don't have Chris Jericho. Today I have uh, one of... uh, Toronto's up-and-coming indie wrestlers, a guy who uh, has entertained me, uh, whether it be Super Kicked or whether it be Smash Wrestling. Uh, he's also wrestled for Destiny Wrestling and A1 Wrestling out in Hamilton. Um, very, very entertaining guy. And uh, Persona uh, Psycho Mike is here. 
And uh, you know what? Oh, he's ready. Oh, he's coming in the studio right now. Well, he's coming in the studio right now, folks. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and throw it to uh, Casey Corbin. So enjoy Casey Corbin's interview with Psycho Mike. Take it away, boys. All right, folks, at this time, I have a very special guest, uh, one of my favorite uh, wrestlers that I like to watch here in Toronto when I go out to the indie shows. Uh, I've seen him uh, wrestle with Destiny Wrestling and Super Kicked Wrestling, as well as um, as well as well uh, Smash Wrestling. And most recently, uh, I saw him in an incredible match with tables, ladders, and uh, boxes match where he retained his titles as Smash Tag Team Champions. And I have him right now, Psycho Mike, in studio. Psycho Mike, how are you? Thanks for being here. I, I am uh, I'm really nervous, to, to be honest. It's been, a, it's been a long time since I've done one of these. Oh, don't, so, wor- don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. If any, so just take it. Yeah, take it easy on me. Please. Oh, oh no, no, no! This is great. This is great. And thanks for being here. Uh, that was quite the match that smashes uh, super super showdown this year. I got to tell you, that was a fantastic match that the Weld Oil Machines had. Yeah, I appreciate that. You're making making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so, uh, how long have the Weld Oil Machines, uh, which is you and now he goes by two names. I know him as I know him as Pepper Parks, but I also know him as Braxton Sutter. Which yeah. one does he wrestle with you as? It's it's uh it's formerly known as Braxton Sutter. Uh, so he's Pepper Pepper Parks now. Uh, Bra- Braxton Sutter was the the moniker that he was using while uh, he was part of Impact Wrestling. Okay. So your your confusion isn't uh, like completely unjustified, and th- there are definitely moments in in our matches where. Uh, like while he was in an impact, I would call him Pepper audibly on camera <laughs> and during the match. So I don't know. I, I, I think just that just added a bit to the charm. I hope, but yeah, I've, I've made, I made that mistake myself. Well, there's, there are many wrestlers that have had uh, numerous names, so it's not a big yeah, deal. Yeah. It's just, I wanted to, I didn't quite understand. Like I met him earlier this year at uh, a house of hardcore show in Napanee and I didn't know the difference because some guys were calling him Brandon and some guys were calling him Pepper and I didn't know what to call him. So, yeah. uh, yeah. so I just, you know, now I, I got the lowdown on that. So I appreciate that. So, <laughs> uh, and you guys are a great tag team. And that was a fantastic match. Now, where usually it's table, ladders, chairs. Where did the idea of boxes come into play? So that that actually goes back to a year ago. So there, there's quite a, a bit of of context behind that match. Yeah. Um. So like I know on the on the surface it just seems it kind of comes. Uh, it seems like this, you know, silly, ridiculous thing. But there's actually a, a little bit uh, of nuance to it. So a year ago, at Super Showdown. Uh, Braxton at the time, so Braxton and I, we had uh, a grudge match ourselves um, because we were having problems with with our tag team, and that that's that's the story that was happening there. And during that process, I was trying to repair our relationship by uh, presenting him with uh, with gifts first, like uh, apology cards and letters, and then eventually gifts. And he kept turning them down. Um, and then as this was happening, the audience was, uh, they wanted to know what were, what was in the box, what was in the box that I kept trying to give them and they never found out. And then that, that eventually led to a blow off match between us, uh, that we called the what's in the box match. 
and then that was last year at Super Showdown. So we kind of wanted, so like the TLB thing was really a, a, a refer- reference to that, as well as I guess celebrating uh, our our year long run as a as a tag team since the uh, our first match together. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, and we were just playing off of the. Uh, really the expectation of the audience at that time since Brax or Pepper and I see even I'm getting confused as I <laughs> as I'm reiterating the story I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to use the, the the correct name as he was called in the timeline but Pepper and I won the tag titles in the ladder match and the SSB um, well known like they're notorious for their their uh, brutal uh, tables matches that they're always happening and the next logical progression would have been a tables, ladders, and chairs match. So we wanted to play off of that that um, that expectation, and then add the twist with the boxes because it's something that they haven't seen uh, since last year. So that's how all that came about. Oh, that and it's it's uh, it was very entertaining because um, mm-hmm. you never knew you never knew what was going to be in what a, what a box, and right. I can tell you like just the probably my favorite part was when uh, you're focused on on climbing the ladder but there's a box sitting there behind yes. you so now you're yeah. totally distracted by what's in the box and the fans aren't helping we're chanting what's yeah. in the box no, as you, well <laughs> i'm so i'm i'm so happy that uh that like you like i noticed and appreciated that moment because whenever whenever i'm in these these matches like i i always I get fully invested into them with with my character and what they would, uh, what Psycho Mike is actually like. What would he actually do in this situation? And in, in that case, it was this very deliberate thing where I wanted to show that like, my curiosity would get the, the the best of me, and like my motivation to appease the fans would 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 get the better of me. Uh, so. It's like it's these aren't things that are necessarily just done to 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 get a chuckle or to get a smile, but it's I, I try really hard to make it consistent with the the story and um uh, the the characters that are that are in the match. Well, it so was like it makes me it makes me so happy that that uh, that you you like that. Yeah. Oh, I I thought it was fantastic. It was just a really well done moment. And uh, I think you're not only are you I, I do enjoy your wrestling, but I, I enjoy the comedic performance of your wrestling as well. Mm. Like um, when I was in high school, I always wanted to be a comedian, but I always mm. loved wrestling as well. And now I'm a comedian with a wrestling podcast. But mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I did at a school assembly in front of like, you know, 600 students was uh, I came out in this like talent assembly and i just and i wrestled myself that was what i did and i was and i did and so then you and know then I, and then i stole your idea and no did it at, well there's no part a few months ago no but I there's apologize. no no but there's no possible way you could have known that i you like it, it, so you know and i anyway, I, wa- I watch a, ro- a lot of wrestling tapes i may have there's no there's here. no tape exists of me doing it in grade 12 and yeah. you know i'm a that's i'm a 15 year old 16 year old geek that's like grabbing my arm and flipping myself on a mat yeah. and trying to pin my, and then when i saw you do it I was um, fully, not, not only was I full, really happy 
that somebody yeah. had, fi- had taken this idea and brought it to a wrestling ring. I was happy in the way that you did it because you did it way better than I could ever dream of doing it as a as a young as a young teenager. But but like you pulled it off so well, where you were like I would have never thought about arguing with myself. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like in the in the ring, the way you did, or throwing the punches the way you did, you know, like you definitely took what I did and and uh, added Fight Club element to it and and a little bit of comedy to it, and I just I really enjoyed the match. Like I really I, enjoyed the match, I and uh, that. and <laughs> I know this this episode sounds like a huge ass kissing festival. No, but, it's but, fine. But, I but, love it. But, this uh, is this is making my day so much better. But I wanted <laughs> to tell you, I, I wanted I wanted to tell you these things, you know. And I and I'm really shy when I po- when I approach wrestlers because uh, I I love wrestling. I'm a huge mm. wrestling nerd, you know. So so the fact that I can have you uh, now and tell you like these matches this year, I've went to a ton of wrestling this year, and these are some of my favorite moments. And right. and I think it's you know they say that in the WWE it's not really about matches it's more about yeah. moments and I honestly believe that too I can't remember every match I've seen but I remember moments of matches and right. uh, and exactly yeah and that's what's important um, and, and like I'm like and that that's something like those, those often when I when I go into matches like that is my objective and I think oftentimes. Uh, like we we focus a lot on match quality by conventional standards, you know, more typical mm-hmm. standards in terms of like what you know how you build matches and build the drama and everything. But I also feel like you can go out there and have this great, great, great match, but you know, by the end of the show or you know a week later, a month later, a year later, you might not remember any of the like specific details of it. But if there's uh, like something quirky or, or a certain moment, a certain wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or something like that in the match, you can, you can remember that like a year later. Like I gauge the success on any performance I do. If 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 after the fact, a, a fan, uh, uh, when I whenever I get the opportunity to speak to them, mentions something that I've done before that they that they they still remember. And like that, that's kind of like the, the the validation, or like that's like that's the reward that I, I really get out of it. Like we, we look at something like me fighting myself, and I, I I will say that that's probably one of the riskiest things I, I've ever done. Like I was really scared to do that one because you, I have to really put myself out there and, and hope that that uh, the audience it's gonna like give me the chance, like accept that like I, I'm gonna do this without thinking it's you know it's too much or too silly or whatever it is and like with that one in particular you, like there there is already a history of uh of similar matches of people wrestling like inanimate objects or uh re- wrestling blow-up dolls and things like that where the actual really the, the remedial level there they are wrestling themselves so i wanted to add like a twist to it of me wrestling myself, but it's different personalities of myself. And then the matches being presented as this, this struggle between uh, these, you know, this good and this internal good and evil. But like on a deeper level, it was actually something that, uh, and stop me if I'm getting too philosophical. No, no, keep going. I I will do this. Um, (laughs) Like on the surface, it's this really fun and easy thing to watch especially for a, a super kicked audience that is really just there to party but for me on a deeper level 
it's literally representative of some of the the struggles that I have as a as a performer, mm-hmm. uh, like um, and as a, as a person where I'm not always sure like what who I should be or what I I should be doing, and I have like a history of putting different spins on my character. Like uh, you know, I was doing like Psycho Mike the Cowboy, just add you know, to experiment with this different spin on my character. And I've done Psycho Michelle before, uh, you know, all these different things. And this is just kind of this amalgamation of, like, I don't know what you guys want. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And it's all these uh, different characters coming out at once. And, and I'm just kind of broadcasting my uh, my internal struggle there. And so it was fun to be able to do that. And it was a bit, like, therapeutic and cathartic in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know like how much of that comes across, but I don't know. It's just for me, I, it's, it's a challenge to try to like it's comedy and wrestling. Um, it's usually the perception of it is this very shallow thing, like a very skin deep thing. So I always try to challenge myself to add some kind of layers to it. And whether I'm successful or not at doing it, at least it's, uh, like the intent is there and it, uh, and I appreciate the, the challenge and I like talking about it too. Yeah. Well, well, you know, that, that's uh comedy and wrestling. I do. I do actually like it. Some people will, will, you know, the, my roommate, I call him a wrestling purist, you know, he, he every now and again, he'll shrug off the comedy, the segments or whatever and whatnot. Yeah. Um, he's not a fan of, uh, joey ryan and his dick flips in the dick segment he he doesn't he doesn't like any of that i was like but mick foley putting a sock on his hand and putting your mouth that's you're fine with that right and mm. you know it's, a, it's just funny how people will will be fine with one thing and not fine with other things but i think you know as long as you have the name psycho in front of whatever persona you 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 want to be you can just change personas and because yeah. it's a, it's a crazy <laughs> thing to do. It, it would be something that, that would be expected of psycho Mike to do. If you went into, uh, you know, and became another personality or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? So, but as far as your creative direction grow, uh, goes, um, who helps with that? Like, and, um, you know, like in, in, you know, like, is it just you or are there other bookers with the different promotions and how do you handle crossing promotions? Like if you, if you work for super kicked, are they running different storylines than what you would be doing in smash and what so and whatnot? Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a, a few ways I, I can answer that when, when it comes to doing things with different promotions, it's like, I, I don't think there's anything like, like unique or specific to me until uh, in terms of how um, like I, I build those relationships. I, I think there's just a better understanding from the promoter as to they are booking me and they are putting me on their shows for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like there is an intent there that they know what my thematically what my my act is. Um, but like how I navigate that from promotion to promotion, it's entirely. De- dependent on, on the person you know some some people uh some promoters are you know blank canvas do whatever you want um with with crossbody that's the opportunity i was given and i did something really like quirky with that whereas um with smash uh there's quite a bit of collaboration 
that that goes on there so like the tlb for example like a lot of it uh you know i'm hearing it uh it attributed to me a lot but there was a lot of collaboration done with with the smash staff for that one and like in that place i was i felt fully enabled to um do some of those things you know coordinate uh some of those things with 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 transportation of the the, the props and you know things like that like super super kicked as a you know uh, chris is a is a creative person as well so he tends to to pitch me uh ideas and then i and then we just work together on those so it really depends on person to person um in terms of like who's influenced like the character uh like regardless of promotion um that's probably a much much longer answer i can tell you right now like like uh guys like uh like rj city Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite people to to work with uh and talk to about this stuff and we're pretty close friends but like i love like the stuff that Joey Janela does the stuff that Colt Cabana does. Um, I'm a fan of Joey Ryan as well, and it's it gets very easy to, you know, it looks like I might just be, you know, picking on uh, picking people that I might be the most entertained by, and and I am on some level like just fans of their work. Mm-hmm. But I also try to figuratively pick pick their brains a bit and try to like as I as I'm watching them work, or even if I get the chance to speak to them, to kind of see like what their thought process behind things are because it's very easy to go out and try to do like comedy wrestling and have it not be good just like any comedy right you can tell you can tell a a joke and it's not funny and then somebody else can say the exact same joke but based on the 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 pacing the tone of their voice and all these things it, it, it could be the funniest thing in the world so i try to study like what what do they do that makes their their act so interesting in comparison to somebody else that i i don't find as interesting um yeah, yeah. so I, I don't i don't know if that's, that's no that's suffices. that yeah. that is i totally understand that because as a comedian i do pretty much the same thing like even some of my friends uh, close friends are, I'm still uh, fans of their comedy as well but we're friends but there's nothing better like when you're we're driving to a gig and uh, in the car there's nothing better than shop talk you know like yeah and just picking people's brains and finding out how how they got to where they are and and you know and hearing like you know their process of uh, of what of how they create their act or their shtick. And, uh, you know, so we do, I do the same thing uh, and, uh, you know, and it, it helps, it helps, you know, because a lot of people will go take a course and pay money. But I find if you can just talk to people that are already doing it and get as much information as you can out of your peers, you know, um, it's a, it's a great way to learn. Like one of my favorite examples, like the delivery of something being, like the, the the delivery of something being the most important important part of it is is uh, I I don't know if you'll be familiar with it or not, but Norm Macdonald's moth joke. Oh no! Uh, I can't, I, like it's like yeah. that. I think it's just like a quintessential example of that, where the joke in and of itself, at its core, isn't very funny, but just his his presentation of it makes it it makes it one of the most one of the funniest things that I've I've ever heard. Um, 
So I, I think of things like that. I, I mean, I try to think of it that way where oftentimes it's not literally what we're, we're doing, but it's how, how, how we present it, how much are we invested in it? How much do we believe in it? And there, there have been times where I've, I've pitched ideas or, you know, we, we've talked about doing certain things in a match and if, and if the people I'm working with it seem kind of uh, like bearish on it, mm-hmm. I, I don't like to, to push it forward because if it's, it's, if it's something where like you're not fully invested or you're not enjoying it, you can, you can tell based on your mannerisms or the look on your face um, and it's not going to work as well even though we could literally do the exact, uh, you know, the thing that I want to do, it might just not work because, because it, you know, it's not there for one of us. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm, I'll probably keep rambling. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. No, it's totally true. Now, uh, when did you, yeah. um, you started what about 11 years ago? You, you, uh, uh, my first match was in Oh seven. Yeah. And where did you, where did you train and, uh, and how did you get your start in the wrestling? Um, so I originally started, like my first in-ring experience was, uh, a place in Hamilton called, uh, it was called Living, Living Legends Wrestling. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I was in high school at the time and somebody, I was taking a course. I can't even remember what the, what the course was, mm-hmm. but somebody in my class, he was doing a, a project. One of the projects he was doing, it was a website about his cousin who was a was a pro wrestler and i was a fan of, obviously of pro wrestling growing up so when i asked him about it he just put me in touch with his cousin which was a gentleman named josh taylor um who isn't uh performing anymore um and then from that just i uh i went to this this the school uh in hamilton for really it was just the the, the summer and i um early on like suffered uh, a shoulder injury that Mm -hmm. so i had to you know put this dream on hold for a while but even in my short time there i I met a lot of people that i that like still from that like impact me to today um one of them was uh carter mason i think you would be familiar with Mm -hmm. um that's where i met him and uh some point after I recovered from my injury, he had uh, he, he called me and told me that Johnny Devine, and this would have been in 2006, that Johnny Devine um, was opening a school in Oakville. And I knew, and I think this was really exciting to me because he's somebody that I'd seen on TV. He was somebody I was uh, f- familiar with. I was a bit starstruck. And, I, you know, it's just if you're going to get trained by somebody, why not somebody that's, you know, is like walk yeah. the walk? And so it was in October 2006, he had an open tryout. And like, I remember going to that thing and I was like 176 pounds at the time, you know, just the skinny kid. Uh, I, like I've been an athlete all my life, but like I wasn't prepared for, for this. And I just remember he like kicked their ass with, with, you know, calisthenics push-ups sit-ups neck bridges things that like i've never even tried or attempted to do before and it was just you know two and two and a half hours of that yeah and then getting into the ring with him and 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 chain wrestling and having him like i'll never forget the, the the feeling of it where 
uh, like he really challenged you and it and really made you think um, about like if you were in a certain position or in a certain hole, like how would you actually behave in this situation? What, when, you know, where do you feel the pain? How would you get out of it? And I remember waking up the next day and I was, I was sore absolutely everywhere. I could barely, could barely get up out of bed, could barely walk. But he, uh, out of the, everyone that, 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 that tried out, it was, uh, me, Corey Mason, uh, Josh Alexander and, uh, Dania, Miss Dania, um, that went on to train with him a full time for the next uh, nine months or so. Um, and that's, that's how I broke in. Yeah. It was, was primarily through his, his training. I, I attribute, I attribute so much to him just, um, in terms of my, my discipline and, and, and my habits and just like the general outlook on, on things. Like a lot of it derives from, from his, his training and our, the, the friendship that we've had over the last uh, decade now. I remember one time, so he, on the very first day of training, and he, and he would he would try to be, you know, really, really strict, right? Yeah. And he, he said, I remember him saying once, he looked at us and said, you know, we're, we're going to go through this training, and like, I'm not doing it because I want to be your friend. We're not going to be friends, but when you come out of here, you're going to be a good wrestler. And I remember about six months after that, we were, uh, you know, doing some like semi-shoot, semi-chain wrestling. Like we we did a lot of uh, like shoot wrestling, like amateur wrestling, mm-hmm. submission wrestling uh, to practice. And I was going with him, and of course, he's so much better at it than I am. And he, I can't remember what hold he had me in. He had me tied up in something, and he's going like, yeah, from here, you know, I can, you know, grind my elbow into your nose. I could, you know, get my forearm across your jaw like this. And he's just telling me all the options, like just letting me know uh, all the scenarios about how screwed I am and what, what he could do to me to make me feel pain. And I just started smiling. <laughs> I started laughing. And he said, like, why, like, what do, what do you find so funny? And I, I looked at him and I said, I said, yeah, I, I know you can do all of these things, but I know you won't. And he's like, why don't you think I will? And I just looked at him in the eye and I said, because you like me too much. And he just goes, fuck you. And then he like gets up and then and leaves. And it was just this funny thing where it's all started that he said he wasn't going to be my friend. He said he's never going to be my friend. <laughs> and he's just going to make me a good wrestler. And then, and then six months later, that's that's not what happened. Yeah. Um, and we're still good friends uh, to this day. That's funny. <laughs> That's yeah. a good story. So I got him. I got him. We got we got to his heart. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. That's ex- that's exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, he it. actually he actually uh, uh, stayed at my place uh, not not too long ago, and um, he had to leave early in the morning. And I get I get to my kitchen, and he has a, there's this like handwritten note from him thanking me for my hospitality and everything like that. And I remember reading that. No, I'm just thinking back to that moment. It's like, yeah, and you said we'd never be friends, right? Yeah. Only friends, right? There, you know, would write a letter like this. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I love him to death. Now, so you've been wrestling for about a decade. Are you happy with your where you are, and where do you where do you want to go, and do like where do you see yourself in in, in the next ten years? Uh, that's a that's a hard question. Um, I believe that um people should strive to be happy with their, their, 
their current circumstances, but not so much to the point where they, they get complacent and are not willing to improve anymore. So to sit, um, so if you were to ask, like, are you happy with where you are? I would, I would answer yes, because I try, I try to look at the, uh, like the, the, the positives and the things that, that are going on that are beneficial to me that I like, that I'm appreciative that I have a, a platform at, at smash and at, you know, at super kicked and all, and I'm appreciative that I've been able to do all sorts of different things. And I'm an appreciative, I'm appreciative that I hopefully have a positive impact on other people's lives, whether they be my peers or, uh, or, or fans, but I definitely want to do more and I like I, I feel like I am one of the, f the few people that um, will put my money where my mouth is and I, and I frequently and often uh, go to um, you know I was one of the few people that would go uh, on my own dime to ring of honor tryouts to evolve tryouts to you know impact tryouts where other people not very many people at least in this area we're willing to do those types of things so there is a lot of effort that I like I put I put into that and I am I like I would put up my 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 training and dieting regimens and habits up against you know anybody anybody else so I am I am constantly working to improve striving to improve um, and I'm not perfect I know I know there are definitely things that uh, I can improve on but I would love to get back um, with Destiny Wrestling. I would love to be able to, to perform on on Impact as well, and I, I you know Ring of Honor Evolve. I'd love to, I'd love to to work for them if if the opportunity was there. But one of the biggest struggles that that I have, and I know other people have, and I, and I think this is something that has gone really underappreciated um, for a really long time, is that I am one of the few around here who suffer from the the border ailments and I, I was um, it was in 2012 when when those problems started happening to me and I've, I've, I've been dealing with it that for the last six seven years so that's been a, a huge roadblock for me so I have to be very deliberate and very careful with you know the options that I, I choose to pursue when they present themselves it's something that I find very frustrating because there's this there's a prevalent notion that, uh, like, you, you know, you go out and, and get it. And if you don't go out and get it, you know, somebody else will, you know, how bad do you want it? And, you know, to like, there's a certain like journey that gets romanticized where, you know, you, you give it all and you risk everything for it. And then, but the reality is that like, like we were talking about actual legal trouble here that can affect my my professional wrestling career and like even my personal life. Yes. And there, there are genuine risks there that seem like it, I don't know, I might be rational in this regard, but it feels like they get hand waved a little bit because, you know, others don't have that problem. Um, and I don't know how realistic it is or how uh, appropriate it is, but like, I, I wish there was more support on the other side like i like i was genuinely happy to hear how much support josh alexander was getting with his uh application for mm -hmm. his visa but like i think of scenarios like of, of people getting uh issued the 
and I, I don't know the specific nuance of it, but the like the the five or seven year bans or, or whatever those yeah. consequences no, 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 are. No, 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 totally. And, yeah, and it's one of those things where like there's a pressure on you to to risk these things, to risk the, all of these things because that's what you're supposed to do as a, as a wrestler, and when you start to face those consequences or when you have to suffer those consequences, like those voices are gone. Like they don't, no one else has to deal with them except you. So there's, I don't know. I have a bit of this cognitive dissonance about it because I know I feel like I'm supposed to, and I'm not supposed to care that I'm I'm supposed to do these things. But I I do know that uh, if, and when I have to face those consequences, I face them on my own and, and no one else will. Yeah, I, so I honestly it's really frustrating. I honestly feel I I know exactly what you're talking about because I feel like I'm in this in, same in in comedy, in, right? Like I, show well, yeah, comedy. I'm in the exact same scenario. Whereas, like I've done in Canada, I've done everything that you've possibly can do right. as a comedian. I've had I've been to Just for Laughs, and I've done CBC, and I've had specials, and I've done this and this and that. And uh, you know, the goal is always for me is I want to do late night. I want to do Conan O'Brien. Like I want to be on a late night television show. I want to do that. And, and, (laughs) and and I watch my friends in the States. They do it. They, they're they're like, I, my, my friend, uh, Rory has been on Conan like seven or eight times. And my friend, John Mm -hmm. was the first comic on Conan's new show. And, and Conan is the show to be on for stand up now. So, you know, I want to do that, but here's the fact. The fact is, is I need a work visa to go do it. And now it's not like you can just get one. I have to prove that I'm a, 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 a superior talent that America needs, you know, and I have to prove that I'm better than most of every other comedian in the States. And, and I have to prove this by showing all my festival appearances and, and just building this resume and you have to get letters from people saying that they're going to work with you and they're going to work you. And you, you have to show that you can guarantee an income Mm. while you're down there. And you, this costs like people don't know about this this costs like three thousand well well for 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 three year for three year work visa it costs canadians like four thousand would cost me like four thousand american for that if i want to get a green card that's like 10 grand american to get that Mm. and what if i I, know that i didn't know that it's crazy and you have to yeah and the thing is is you can be going through this process for a year and a half like josh did and he spent three thousand dollars and three years investing his time and his efforts yeah. and building this like and what looked like a sure thing, and where he is at in his career right now, he is yeah. doing fantastic. And yeah. you know, that one, it breaks my heart so much because this happens um, all the time. You know, yeah. Like I got, like I know, yeah. It's yeah, terrible. Him, I just, I, I broke in with him. Uh, we've like, maintained a friendship for for so long. And I've always looked up to him. Like he's, he's always been more mature than me mm-hmm. as well. Like uh, outside, uh, I, well, I was about to say outside of wrestling. I'd say he's been more mature in wrestling as well as, um, like you know, I was I was a I was a a bit sheltered uh, growing up, right? So he's it's hard to explain, but like he, uh, like when we're real life things, he like I I looked up to him so yeah. much, and like I for the longest time. 
uh, I'm, I'm even going back to like 2011, 2012. I, I felt he was like on another level in terms of talent, and and it, it, it like it kills me that you know it's just one of those things where if he it's like if he can't, <laughs> if he, you know it doesn't it doesn't paint a, a, a an optimistic picture for for anybody. If and the thing is too is like it's very easy for Americans to come up here and work. We're Canada. We're like, hey, we'll take you. You yeah. know, just fill this form out. But America, yeah. people don't understand the difficulties of and the process of going into yeah. America and the fact that you know, we you know, for the longest time, I used to be a waiter. I just say I was. I'm I'm a server going on vacation. But now you know, I'm a comedian when I cross the border, and sometimes they want to go through my phone. They want to look through. I do you have any shows? I'm like, no, I'm just going on vacation. Mm-hmm. And usually I do, but. I'm at the end of a tour, so I have my podcasting equipment with me and stuff like that. But they just ask, and I'll say, I'm keeping a diary of my journals, you know, or a journal of my diary, whatever. You know, I've, I've, but the, the fact is, is I get grilled at the border sometimes, and it's, uh, and it's, it's stressful. It is really yeah. stressful because you never know when they're going to, you know, uh, the, the guy from Corner Gas, Brent Butt, he was turned away. So he wasn't allowed into the States for eight years. And, you know, and this, these things, these bans do happen, you know, yeah. and, uh, and you and don't want to, the risks are genuine yeah. and they're very serious and, yeah. and people don't understand and I'm sure there's no risk, no reward, but the thing is, it's like, you know, is it even worth the risk if you're happy doing what you're doing where you are, you know? And sometimes yeah, I, I ask myself that. And when you brought up the complacent thing, I'm like, is that being complacent or, you know, what, what is it really? I don't know. Like I've I've explored options for it. Uh, I haven't gone as far as applying for my my own visa, because, and that was primarily based because based on my my reading about it, I wasn't optimistic that it would yield like a, a good result. But it might come off as a bit selfish. But one of the reasons, like I I do a lot of these uh, these tryouts, is because like it, it's a genuine reason to get into the country. But it's I see it as an opportunity to go about expanding my my career in a, a completely legal by the book way because if I am able to prove to evolve or prove to ring of honor or prove the impact that I have value to them as a performer as a, somebody that people would pay money to see something that would complement their their product that is the best way. Uh, in my mind, to 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 get the proper documentation uh, to perform in the United States, and and like you really and yeah, like the United States is the the one place that like really for us that that we we, we need to I, need might be a strong word, but like need to get to to be able to have that parlay into to, to other things. Um, like it, it would it would make opportunities for you know Japan or or, or the UK. I imagine it would make those uh, opportunities more plentiful as well. Yeah, I would, I would, I would think so as well. But I think even the fact that you're doing these camps is beneficial because uh, you know it's it's like any time you showcase in comedy for a festival or you you know or you go to a festival a lower festival that doesn't pay, but you know mm-hmm. maybe you get there and maybe you meet someone who becomes a good friend and later down the road you know they can help you out or whatever and whatnot you know so and i think opportunities are happening in canada like with impact Mm -hmm. taping 
I went to all the Impact tapings this summer, and it was great seeing the amount of Toronto talent that was being yep. used, um, mostly Smash guys and Destiny guys, and uh, it's fantastic seeing them uh getting airtime because you know this is something that airs in over a hundred countries mm-hmm. and uh an impact is is on the upswing now so um you know due to you know good talent and good booking so hopefully the next time they come around we'll get to see you in some of those tapings yeah i i hope to <laughs> Like I know it sounds it sounds sort of it sounds sort of silly. Like I said, um, I saw Brent Banks at the first tapings I went to. I saw him there, and he was just watching. And you could tell, you know, that's the worst too. Is when you're when you go and you and you're not on yeah. the show, and you're watching just to, you know, because if you're not, you know, if you're out of sight, you're out of mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you have to go and make an appearance at these things just so people see you and they, oh yeah, they know who, yeah, there's Psycho Mike or there's Casey Corbin, you know, and I, even though I I despise doing that, I hate going to shows that I'm not on unless there's a friend in town and I want to see them. But, you know, uh, you know, I think that he was in that mode and then, you know, the next time they rolled in in August, sure enough, he was on the card. So, yeah. uh, it was nice to get to see him, uh, be a part of it. And, uh, as well as, you know, uh, Josh Alexander and, and, uh, everybody else that they use Tyson as well. So, uh, a couple other guys and, uh, you know, I think it's fantastic. So it's th- at least they're getting good opportunities where they can, you know, we can stay in the country, but still be exported out through their product. Mm-hmm. So those opportunities are there. It that's the probably my, my like least favorite thing. Like that's such a it's so conflicted about it. Where, like you said, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So you're 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 um, possessed to, to show up, but not being able. Like if you're in that venue and not doing the thing that you want to be doing there, it is not a great feeling. <laughs> no, but it's something. Yeah, it's something you you, you put up with. Um, yeah, it's that's probably my my one of my least favorite things. Uh, I like when it comes to like the non wrestling aspect of wrestling. Yeah, the, the specifically that thing, the schmoozing of it, yeah. and the and I, uh, like, and I'm awful at it too, right? I'm like a, I'm terrible at it. I'm a very um, like socially awkward person. I'm very <laughs> shy. I get you know I get really anxious, uh, and and you know. Those, those types of situations. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's, it is something that is very, very difficult for me just to do as a person. Oh, and, it totally, yeah. totally. I was, I sponsored House of Hardcore this year. Mm. I went to the show. I Tommy was very nice to give me full access in the dressing room to interview anyone, to do like short little five to ten minute interviews. Uh, I was too out of my element and intimidated to ask anyone for an interview i would i just Mm. didn't want to bother any of the wrestlers that i this was my first time in in their environment and i just felt so out of place that i had so much anxiety that uh you know i didn't end up getting anybody to do any interviews so you know i ended up sponsoring all this money to get this access and everything and to and to you know just to help out jan murphy who's great who's helping tommy dreamer as well and and uh in the end you know i got a really cool poster that's autographed by all the wrestlers you know which is awesome 
but uh but you know i totally uh, you know what that's like where you just like i freeze up and uh, i can't do it but um but you know like life is what it is it's tough and uh you know (laughs) (laughs) that's something that i don't know i might open up a bit more about one day uh but I don't know. Just it's it's a lot of that stuff is stuff that I keep to my myself right now. Yeah. Um. Now maybe maybe another time. Um. Yeah. Some things are really not easy for me, and and I don't want to make it anybody else's business. But at the same time, I don't know. Maybe that would open up a you know a dialogue for some kind of understanding mm-hmm. as well. But I, I don't. Uh. Yeah. Maybe maybe now it's not the the right time, but. No, no, yeah. that's yeah. cool. We can. I, all... I, I can always. I can always come back. You can always yeah. come back. You can always yeah, come yeah. back. Now I'd uh, love to do one of these in in person as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anytime yeah. you want to come down the studio, we can do one yeah. in the studio for sure. It's uh, I'm with Never Sleeps Network, and they have about five or six podcasts. So they have mm-hmm. a. Uh, well, it's it's an extra bedroom turned into a studio, more or less. Whatever. But uh, yeah. but it's 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 all good there. And a room's uh, a room. Yeah, room's a room, and it's it's a good venue. Now, what do you have coming up on on the books? Where can we see you coming up, and where can we find you online as we uh, wind this down? Uh, I am I am Psycho Mike on Twitter, and that's that's primarily um, what I, I look at. Um, I'm also Mike Rollins on on Facebook. Um, I'm a bit less active on that. Twitter's Twitter's probably the best place. And my my email, uh, I have a a cool little graphic in the the header of my Twitter profile with my uh, contact information at uh, books bookcyclemike at gmail dot com. Uh, even if you just want to shoot me a message about you know like other uh, podcast interviews or anything like that, uh, it just goes straight to my my inbox. So I'm, I'm looking at that every day too. Uh, coming up, I got, uh, this, this, uh, there's Smash Wrestling, the, there's, they got a bunch of cool things coming up for the end of the year. There's this, the secret show this Sunday. I may or may not be there. I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. It's a secret. Um, and, uh, and then I also have a super kick coming up. Oh, I have to look at my calendar, but I'm speaking into the thing that, uh, my calendar is on. But check out Super Kicked Wrestling as well. No problem. So, yeah, yeah. check out Smashed. Uh, Smashed, that card is uh, this Sunday, mm-hmm. um, which you will, uh, yeah, this Sunday at the Rec Room, I believe it is. That is correct. And uh, not the usual venue, but uh, the Rec Room is fun nevertheless. And uh, you can always check out uh, Super Kicked at the Grand, uh, the Great Kingdom Hall on uh, on King Street at uh, Dover Court, I believe. And that's next. That's next Friday. That's next Friday. And yep. uh, get there early. Get your standing spot early. So uh, don't be late, uh, folks. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to join us. No, thank, uh, thank you. I, I haven't done this in so long. I get. It's, it's great to I don't know I love I love talking about wrestling anybody anybody that that drives with me like I you can ask them I, I won't shut up about it um, so yeah if there's any if you guys uh, if anybody out there wants to you know do a, an interview another podcast or you know shoot the shit with me for a bit yeah please just get in touch if there's any any place in town that you'd love to see me I uh, I, you know, I'd really appreciate um, any support there because I, I, I love, I love this stuff. And so the more, the more I can do it, and the more people I can do it for, 
I want to I want to do it so bad. And so, uh, check out yeah, his matches I, on YouTube. I, I, <laughs> He's got plenty of matches on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> check out his matches on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, great one. Just watched it with uh, this morning with Josh Alexander, an older match, but uh, you know, a very oh, very entertaining. One? Oh, it was which on one? Daily Motion. It was on Daily Motion. Uh, so I don't know. It was just a. Uh, it was an older one though. And A one. Uh, yeah, I alpha think so. One? Uh, maybe maybe. Oh maybe, yeah, alpha, yeah, alpha one is another another one. Out uh, in Hamilton. I miss A one yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, so if you if you if you want to see me, if there's a show that I'm not on and you want to see me at it, I, I think you should just keep chanting my name. Yeah, chant the we, name. We just, yeah, let's write just, a letter. Let's just take over. Make yeah. a sign. <laughs> talk to talk to your uh, government representative. I don't know. <laughs> no, but yeah, there's there's a lot I, I want to do still, and you know I. I feel like there's a, I genuinely feel like there's a void that I can I can help fill. Uh, I, I I like to think of myself as like the the Marvel universe of wrestling, where you watch you watch these movies and they can make you laugh one minute and then they they make you feel something completely different the next. So. Well, that's yeah, the way. The, that's, I'm the that's Guardians a great way. of the Galaxy of professional wrestling. I'm I'm Star Lord. That's who I am. That's fantastic. Psycho yeah, Mike, Star-Lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for I'm joining Chris, us. I'm, Chris, I'm literally Chris Pratt. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, thanks yeah. for... Uh, well, say hi yeah. to Batista. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, thanks for joining us. We're going to stop the show there and uh, say goodbye to everyone. But uh, thanks for joining us today, and I appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk again. Yeah, you take care. All right, bye now. Love you all, everybody. Sweet. Bye-bye. Bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 